Let's just celebrate that today. There's going to be a lot of celebrating. You just need to get ready. Come on, because it's about to be good. And also, if you don't have Kleenex, you need to find some right now, right? Um, it's going to be so great. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. Really grateful that you would take some time to uh, tune into exactly what's happening around here. You know, as we kind of get into the into this uh, the storytelling and the celebration, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't been here. And so we want to kind of bring you up to speed, but also remind people of some things that they need to be reminded of as a good foundation for the day. You know, one of the cultural values we have, and one of the things that we see in the life of Jesus is that we see that generosity is golden. Amen, somebody? Like we see that, man, God gave his son for us so that we naturally live a life of generosity that we give, that God has given us things to manage for him. So for instance, generous people are generous with their words. Ever had someone that just encouraged you? Maybe it was you, were the, you didn't believe a dream that you had or you didn't believe that something was possible and someone leaned in and encouraged you and picked you up, maybe a coach or a teacher or a parent and they were generous with their words and they made your life better. You know, some people were generous with their time for you. Maybe you uh, had someone help you move recently. That's, a, that's very generous with your time. Um, those people get stars in their crown in heaven. Um, but maybe someone has helped you, served you. Maybe you had a project or maybe you just needed someone to give you counsel. And then generous people are generous with their finances. They, they give away money realizing that they're investing in eternity, realizing that when we are generous, we are most like God himself because that is his character. And so beyond has been this journey of generosity for all of us over the last uh, several, uh, over the last two years. And we've just entered into this. And so as we began to dream about beyond and think about beyond in early 2020, it was the 20th anniversary of Stone Creek Church. And we celebrated that on February the 21st of 2020. We should celebrate that right now. We celebrated that, and on February the 23rd, we actually kicked off a, two, uh, a, a sermon series called Beyond. And then, on March the 13th, COVID tried to crush our dreams. And I don't know how much of COVID you remember and the details of COVID. Like, one of my, one of my biggest memories of COVID are from this right here. You remember that? Right? You remember needing that, standing in line for that? Anybody hoard that, right? You remember, it was just wild, unprecedented, and it was just crazy, thanks Mike. It was unprecedented that we, that we were out of toilet paper, that we were out of chicken, that we didn't have hand sanitizer, and we were locked down. We'd go to Publix and you could only go one way up and down each aisle with the arrows that we're facing. There were mask mandates and mask rebels and there was just all this conflict that was happening in this uncertain time. And here we are launching an initiative to change the world, but the world changed on us. But we were so confident in the vision God had given us that we prayed, we agonized, we wrestled. What were we going to do? And so we decided there's a time when you hold your ground and there's a time when you take new ground. And this was the time to take new ground. And guys, y'all did it. You took new ground. Man, we, we, we pledged online. You remember this? Some of you who were here, we had this opportunity to come together and pledge. And we pledged online. We adjusted our expectations to about 8.25 million. And we, we pledged online, which nobody had ever done before. So we had to build our own technology for that. 
So we pledged online something that was unprecedented. And I actually have pictures to remind us of that. Here's the first picture, just me and Debbie. Um, aren't we a nice, happy couple? And so, <laughs> but you remember church was online then. And so we're actually recording just this vision around why we're going to pledge and all that kind of stuff. And then we have actually the picture of us actually pledging. We're sitting in our bar in our house and we're so excited to be able to pledge during that time. And so much has changed since then. We don't even live in that house anymore. And so, um, but man, what a journey it has been for all of us to be on. And we pledged and we leaned in and we gave and we were aggressive, man, and God was faithful, y'all. God was so faithful, and it's, it's been a crazy two years. I have to think that maybe today is one of the proudest, my proudest moments just to be a part of this church and all that you guys have accomplished and what we've accomplished together. Now, now you may remember a little bit about Beyond. Um, you know, there was four different buckets that we had allocated the way we wanted to look at how we, how we did Beyond and looked at this increased uh, expanded vision. The first was called Beyond Church to accelerate Stone Creek's vision beyond belief. And this was just like our current vision, what we were currently doing. It's basically our current operating budget that we wanted to continue to push into that, to continue the, the mission that we had, continue seeing the fruit that we had just from the ministries that we already had that were going on at that time. And we were able to do that. You know, I just need to say this, that the church is who carries the mission for God. Like when we give to the church, we're giving to eternity. You know, generous people give to lots of things as we all should. But people who follow Jesus and are generous should know that primarily you give to your local church, whether that's here or if you're online, maybe somewhere else, but you give to your local church. The church is the hope of the world. I mean, the church is who Jesus commissioned to carry his message to the world. Listen, we are the purveyors of hope to the world. And so I, I would just challenge you and remind you that there's lots of good things that we give money to and we should. Debbie and I support many different ministries, but 99% of what we give is right here because this is what's going to last. And this is where Jesus told us to give. So we wanted to go beyond church in our current ministries. Just a couple of things that happened over the year. Um, we had 61 baptisms during, during beyond. Now I want to put that in perspective. The average church in the United States that baptizes this one specific denomination, it takes 52 of them to baptize one person. So for every 52 people in that denomination, they baptize one person, okay? But it, this number for us represents for every 13 people, we baptize one person. Every yeah, for every 13 people out here, that's four times better than the average, okay? So just so you know, this is the kind of people that we are. We had 661 adults in groups. We started 50 groups last, spring, uh, last fall alone, the largest number of groups we've ever launched. We had 81, 83 of our students got baptized. Some of you got baptized, didn't you? Come on. We had 33 of our kids, um, you know, that's under the, under the <clears throat> below sixth grade, get baptized. And then we had 13 uh, students and young adults graduate from our leadership development program in the middle of a pandemic, y'all, so much. You know, we added some staff, we added an executive pastor who's made my life so much easier. That's why you like me more now. And my wife loves him, right? I mean, it's been amazing. Um, we've added a creative pastor and has brought so much to the table. Yeah, come on. And we're just getting started. 
You know, Easter, uh, our Easter numbers, just real quick, and not that we ever really care about pre-COVID and post-COVID, but we were almost at, uh, for Easter, at 2019 levels. Um, and then let me just talk a little bit about Wake, about our student ministry. Wake is our student ministry. And I uh, mean, we've just seen God do some really incredible things because our students are awesome, but also our leaders are awesome. Hey, and if you're in Wake, or a leader in Wake, I'm going to just ask you just to stand real quick. Just real quick, if you would, just stand. If you're a leader, yeah, come on. Thank you. You guys are something special. Thank you. You can grab a seat. These guys make it happen. So just a, I'm going to tell a quick story, and then we're going to watch just an, a, a, cra- a crazy story of transformation. Um, uh, we were, uh, I was hosting another pastor here, me and a couple of guys on staff, and we were t- touring a local pastor through our building, just kind of sightseeing, showing him a little bit of things that um, he may could do. And so I, it was a Wednesday, and so I was like, I hope we get to see some of our student interns. Like, I hope that happens, because I'm going to ask one of them to share the gospel, because they know. They know how. So sure enough... We, uh, we're walking around the building and we run into two of our student interns. And so this one right here got asked, hey, could you share the gospel? And he did without blinking, without breathing hard, without being nervous. And y'all, that pastor got saved right on the spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, such an epic story. That, the pastor getting saved part's a joke, y'all. I'm just kidding. Um, but just the ability, they've been equipped. They know what to do. They know what their life's about. They're certain in their faith. And that's because of people like you who gave. And then we have this transformation story that, that you're going to want to see. So let's take a look. I'm KK Riddick. I go to Cambridge High School. I'm a junior. I grew up kind of not super exposed to faith. It wasn't frowned upon. It just wasn't very relevant in my house. And when my parents got divorced, it was really hard going back and forth from houses and feeling like not enough family time every week. And so then I got disconnected from friends because I was fearing that I would miss out on family time. But then COVID hit. And so once again, I was at a halt for my faith journey. And Brenna invited me on Pause 2022. And listening to the sessions was incredible. Worshiping, I just sobbed through all of it. I never really experienced anything like that. There's pictures of everyone like so excited embracing Jesus and I'm just like, oh my God, like this is amazing. It's life changing. I just felt welcomed by such a great community. In prayer, they asked if you accepted Christ as your savior and I raised my hand high and I was, that, that is me. And then we were asked to write on a big door what was keeping us from coming home. That was like the door home. Once you wrote on the board, you got your key. And I have not stopped wearing this key since. And I'm not that kind of person with jewelry, but this is my favorite piece. I cried for like two days straight. Um, It was just really moving. Before like Christ was a part of my life, I had anxiety, not anything medical, but I just, it would always carry through me. Through gymnastics, I would just, break down before every practice. No reason why, I was just so nervous. And so being able to rest in my faith has changed my game completely. I'm actually getting baptized on the 27th. I'm so beyond excited. There's never really an end to your faith journey. Being baptized is just like your fresh start. Like you come up from the water and all your sins are behind you and you're ready to step forward. And I love that, like I really would need that in my life. Faith has 
changed me so much for the better. I'm so excited that recently I've had three friends come to church with me. I just want everyone to feel what I felt. Kids are giving their lives to Christ. They're going to school for ministry. I think that's incredible. Focusing on the future is so incredible. I just want to say thank you for everyone who just made this happen. This church, this community, it's incredible. It's nothing like I've ever seen before. Come on. I hope you don't miss how that worked. I think it was Brenna that invited KK, right? Is that right? And then she invited three of her friends. Said, Listen, this is how the kingdom moves forward, right? This is how it happens. We say, hey, come see, come see, come see. And then just God does something. He just shows up. And so we knew that we wanted to go beyond church, but because of what was happening here and the culture that was being built and the vision and values that we had, we wanted to take that and multiply it beyond here. We just had this dream of moving beyond one location to five locations in five years. And so we began to press forward on that. You know, one of the ways that we did that was through a church that we sponsored with Compassion International. And so just to give you a little history on that, Compassion International exists to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Now, Compassion International works through the local church. This is why we love them. So if they don't have a local church, they don't have a project and kids don't get sponsored. And we've had, uh, I've been to multiple countries in Africa and South America to see compassion projects and, and to see the, the, how efficiently they are run and the difference that they are making. So I've got great confidence in partnering with them. You know, in, in the state of Georgia, Stone Creek Church has sponsored more kids through compassion than any other church in the state of Georgia. Yeah. We are number 22 in the country, in the country. It doesn't matter what size church is. We are number 22 in number of kids sponsored through a church and Compassion sponsors millions of kids. So we've got a fantastic relationship with them. So we wanted to start a church and so we did. And so we have some pictures of that. Um, this is the church that we started in Chinandaga, Nicaragua. Let's all say that three times real fast. Um, and so this is Pastor Adolfo on the right. Um, he looks like he's in the Nicaraguan mafia, but he is the pastor of our church there and uh, is leading the charge. Obviously, you can see kids who are in the project. And so with the start of the church, the project has 150 kids that needed sponsoring. And in the fall, we sponsored every single kid in that project, right? And with every child that's sponsored, that directly impacts seven other people in that community. And so we had this long lasting impact in that community. And as soon as, you know, travel's a little more open and we can get there, we're going to start taking trips there. You know, another thing we did was we had this, this vision to partner in Belgium. Belgium is one of the most unchurched countries in the world right now. It has, it is 0.2% Christian, not 2%, but 0.2%. And it's kind of the capital, the epicenter of all of the culture, uh, cultural direction that we're going there in Europe, what we're starting to experience here. And so we found some partners there. And Belgium was extremely closed during that time. Like, you know, it, 
Belgium made New York look open. It was shut down, but we were able last week to take one of our partners and they went to the borders we talked about uh, to help Ukrainian refugees. But also they have started some monthly gatherings, Elevate Nights. So they're gathering some people together to begin to start a church. I think we have an image of that as well. So this is a group of uh, people in Belgium in recent days that has gathered to start beginning to start that church, that campus in Belgium. And then, and then of course, there's Elevate City. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Elevate City. You know, we, we had kind of started the process before the pandemic hit us uh, of starting a campus down in Sandy Springs. We believe there's a generation that was moving there. It's one of the hot spots for millennials to move, a generation that's been lost to the church. And so we wanted to go down there and send some of our, uh, some of our best leaders down there to begin to multiply the movement and see if we could get something started and what God would want to do. And so we had purchased equipment, we had hired staff, and then COVID hit. And so we pushed pause for a few months. <laughs> and then in October of 2020, we launched that campus down there. And so we have seen some unprecedented hurdles, but we've seen some unprecedented life change. And we've seen them have to move, but they've grown. Again, we're one church. They're, they come to staff meeting. We all lead together. Um, we have some people who are in charge of that campus, and currently they're leading it. They're meeting uh, in, at First Baptist Sandy Springs. And I couldn't say enough about their generosity, their grace, and their humility to let us meet there while we're figuring some things out. But we've got some really cool stories from their lead pastor who's on our team. And some of you may know him, Joey McLaughlin. So let's take a listen to what Joey has to say. What's up, Stone Creek? My name is Joey McLaughlin, lead pastor. And for those of you who don't know me, I've served on staff at Stone Creek for the last 10 years. And then in October 2020, I got the incredible honor of launching our Elevate City campus as a part of our Beyond initiative. And what a wild ride it has been. In early 2019, we identified the city of Sandy Springs as an area that needed a church like Stone Creek. That proved to be more than true as Elevate City has seen incredible growth and massive kingdom impact in its very first year being opened. This campus has met in government buildings and movie theaters, Marriott hotel ballrooms, and today Elevate City meets at First Baptist Church Sandy Springs. God has built a tenacious, faith-filled, Jesus-centered, won't-take-no-for-an-answer community here in Sandy Springs. And none of that would have been possible without your generosity through Beyond. Since January alone, we've seen 12 people get baptized. And on Easter Sunday, we saw 15 people give their lives to Jesus for the very first time. Hundreds of people have found their spiritual home at Elevate City. People who previously practiced other religions, atheists, broken people, young families, new families, and it's all happened in quite possibly the craziest time to launch a new campus in the history of the world. Who does that? We do, Stone Creek. It has been a wild and messy journey, but I so wish that you could sit and hear all the stories that I get to hear from young families and individuals whose eternities have been forever altered because of your kingdom investment. It's truly beyond what we could have ever imagined. I wanna at least tell you one. Check out Haley's story. This is what Haley says. She says, the first Sunday at Elevate City checked all the boxes. Talented worship leaders who led heartfelt, sometimes make you cry worship, check. 
A moderately funny preacher who thinks he's hilariously funny? Check. I don't know about that, Haley. But what really made Elevate City special was that first Sunday, my unbelieving husband sat with me in service and raised his hand during the invitation to give his life to Jesus. Yes, I confess, I might have peaked. And I just knew everything was going to be different going forward. And for a while, it was. But then fast forward three months and you could find me driving to an Elevate City small group, trying to talk myself out of going in the first place, but knowing I needed community and I needed it now. My husband had walked out on me and I was alone in a new city in the middle of a pandemic. I spent that evening remembering what it felt like to have a place to belong. At the end of the night, I tearfully confessed to these women, most of whom I'd never met before, what was going on. They all prayed over me and I went home feeling like it was going to be okay. Then at night church, because crazy things happen at night church, I got on my knees and begged God to bring my husband back home. I walked out of service to a phone call from my husband saying he was at our apartment and that he was moving back in. I was overjoyed and I couldn't believe that God had answered my prayer. I never felt so loved and seen by God. By this point, I built a community at Elevate City and we all celebrated the healing that was happening. I was even more on fire for Jesus knowing that he'd healed my marriage. But that's not how the story ends. It ends with infidelity and drugs, violence, 911 calls, warrants, restraining orders, heartbreak, divorce. But in God's perfect way, God did what He does best. He took what the enemy meant for evil and He used it for good. While my life was crumbling to pieces around me, He was doing something brand new inside of me. I lost a husband, but God provided me a family at Elevate City who stepped into the mess immediately got me out of my apartment and into a hotel where I could be safe until my family arrived. While my marriage was coming to an end, my relationship with Jesus, my family, and others was growing stronger than ever before. Life is messy, but I've discovered a community and a God who is with me in the mess, a Jesus who is with me on the mountains and in the valleys. I got connected to Christian counseling, went through a quip, got baptized, and now I get to lead an Elevate City small group, creating the same kind of community for women that Elevate City created for me. I know my story is far from perfect and far from over, but I now know that Jesus is with me in all of it and that he is the God of new beginnings. What a story. And I want for you to know that none of this would have been possible without you. So thank you for going beyond Stone Creek. Sandy Springs will never be the same. Come on. One of the things I love about that story is, you know, most of the times when you hear stories and tell stories, they end in victory in a mountaintop. And many times you're like, yeah, but what, I'm not there yet. And so that's a story that's still being written, but you can see the hope and the strength and the endurance that the church has given her to be able to give, to get through that. You know, uh, and it is such a young congregation. You know, I think our average age here is probably 34 and that we like to say their average age is 11. Uh, it's super young, but God's doing a, a really great work in that. So as you think about it, continue to pray for them as they continue to reach people in that community um, with the message of hope that comes in Jesus. You know, we wanted to move beyond here location-wise, and so we've launched campuses, but we also want to move beyond now. 
We wanted to be able to advance and move beyond barriers into the future. You know, we didn't want to be a church that just was settled into our own comfort zone. Because one of the, one, and some of us maybe have been in churches, maybe when we were younger, that were on the way out, that seemed to be losing energy, that seemed to have lost their vision, had lost their purpose, and, it, and, and they weren't really accomplishing the great commission that God had given them. And we don't ever want to be that church. We don't want to be the church that, you know, we look to our own interests more than the interests of other people. Um, we want things our way more than we want things God's way. And the way that we can keep from that and keep from dying is to continue to stay focused on eternity, on life beyond us. You know, and part of my job is to do that, that we're always moving forward and looking. And here's what happens that's ironic is when we begin to look outside of ourselves and to move the mission forward, God has a way of filling us up too. Amen. God has a way of, of making things come together in our lives because that's the way he's designed it. You know, one of the ways that we are moving beyond now is through our online presence. You know, we already had this vision that we needed, a, we needed an increase and we needed to strengthen and restructure our online presence. This was before COVID hit. And then I can still remember the very first time that we were online only in March, in that second Sunday in March. On the, I, I can still remember, I think we had an iPhone for a camera and a long cable for audio, I think. Um, it wasn't quite that bad, but our team did a fantastic job of putting it together. And then we were able, because Beyond had started, we were able to purchase equipment we were able to get our online presence up to speed. And many of you have watched online. How many of you guys have actually watched us online? Like look around the room, like so many people because of, of your generosity have been able to stay engaged through our online presence. I have a quick story on that. Uh, this is over Christmas break of 2019. Our family moved to Roswell from Tampa. Little did we know that a couple of months later, a, a pandemic would change the trajectory of our lives as well as everyone else's. God also provided a home next door to a family who attends Stone Creek. And because of their invitation to join them in a small group, we were able to get plugged into Stone Creek. Instead of watching our church from Tampa online, we started to watch Stone Creek online. And from the first time we watched, we felt that instant connection, that feeling of this is where we belong. What a blessing and a curse technology can be. But during that tumultuous season in our lives, it proved to be a, wait for it, life raft. We were able to still worship the Lord, feel connected to people even through the screen. We didn't feel alone. We felt a part of something beautiful that was healing for our souls. Yeah, you did that. You did that for a family you may not have even ever meet, although she does volunteer out the new here tent, so you can go check her out. <laughs> and, then, and then one of the things that we want to do was to really uh, strengthen our camp experience. You know, last summer, our camp Arrowhead for our grade schoolers, uh, we have an adventure camp. Some of you know about this, some of you don't. How many of you guys have had a kid uh, go to, to uh, Camp Arrowhead? Right. So so a lot of you, you kind of get this. Like for those of you who don't know, we have a camp, adventure camp. Don't think back, don't think backyard Bible school. Think the opposite of that. Um, think of way more dangerous, way more adventurous, um, and way more fun and meaningful in your life. And so we have an 80-foot rock wall that leads to an 800-foot zip line over our lake. And kids, we just scare them into following Jesus is what we do. <laughs> but it's an amazing opportunity because we want church to be fun. It, it needs to be meaningful. This isn't, we're not entertaining but why would it have to be boring? And some of us may have grown up in that, in that environment. And so we really believe that we can create an environment where kids' hearts are, are, are stirred, 
They're turned on fire. Our high, school, our high schoolers are their counselors, and I wish that you could walk through the building on a camp day. Oh, here's the first time it happened. Um, you could walk through the building on a camp day and see a high schooler sitting down with a, with a first grader and sharing the gospel. Man, it will just show you the generational impact that camp is having. But enough of me telling that story. Let's hear from this mom. My name is Kelly Bogner. My husband and I have been together for 17 years and we never could agree on a religion or a church to go to. But when our children brought us to Stone Creek, we knew that this was our church and this is, was our home and this is where we both were going to raise our children. The pandemic was starting and I didn't have a space to put my eight, my, my nine and 10 year old. I would drive down Highway 9 right by Stone Creek and I saw this sign that said, we're now enrolling. So I called and I spoke to Jordan and I said, are you guys still taking enrollment? And he said, absolutely. I said, perfect. They went to summer camp, no big deal. I would come pick them up and the kids loved it. They went all summer. My nine-year-old has really bad anxiety. Diagnosed with anxiety, I told him, you're gonna go back to Stone Creek for summer camp. And he had no problems with it. I believe it was the second week, he came home and he said, Mom, I wanna get baptized. A couple of days later, he said, Mom, I really wanna get baptized. I said, well, Ryan, do you know what baptism is? And he said, well, yes. I said, well, what is it? Well, it's when you give your life to Jesus. So I sat down with my nine-year-old and he explained to me exactly what he felt baptism was about. And I was so impressed that he really truly understood what baptism was about. And then I spoke with my 10-year-old. My 10-year-old completely understood what baptism was about. The following weekend, they both got baptized. This is the first up we have Ryan Bogner. He says this, my name is Ryan. Over the last two summers, Camp Arrowhead showed me the love of Jesus. And I decided that I want to live with him unconditionally to be happy and in his likeness. Baptism means that I'm letting everyone know that I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I want to carry Jesus with me forever. We have Mason Bogner, is Ryan's brother. Mason said, I chose to follow Jesus because he died for all of us to wash away our sins. Camp Arrowhead helped me understand what following Jesus means. I want to live an eternity with Jesus and continue to experience the filling love that he gives to me every day. When my son, my nine-year-old, went to school, the first day. He said, Mom, I'm going to be okay because I'm covered with the armor of Jesus. This is truly my home. God has moved in so many ways in my family that I never knew possible. And all you have to do is just open up and accept it. That one got you. Let's go. Come on. That one got you. 
I love that story. You know, they, if, if you notice that the kids who were doing the baptizing, they were their group leaders, their group count, their counselors who were in our student ministry were baptizing those kids, man. And I love it. That's what it means to live a beyond now kind of life. Uh, one story I want to tell just quickly, I didn't tell it in the first story, but he, um, it's, a, it's about a friend of mine and I actually saw him just in the service today and he's, don't look, but he's sitting right over here. Um, and so this guy, when we started Stone Creek Church, he was there, part of the, part of the setup team. And every Saturday night, he'd show up and we'd set up the community center. And every su Sunday after church, we would uh, we'd tear it down. To the point, one time we were putting up some pipe and draping, it fell, it broke his tooth. Um, he looked a lot better, but he got it fixed anyway. And so just, just then came here for years and uh, was retired from his job. And then now he's at Elevate City helping start Elevate City, right? And just living that kind of beyond life. That's the kind of people sh you're sitting next to today. People who, who are changing eternity. And man, what, what a great, great people to be a part of. Bill, thanks, man. You're awesome. <clears throat> and, and as we look at scripture, so the, the three buckets we've covered so far, we've had beyond church, uh, we've had beyond here, launching campuses, beyond now, just looking into the future, but also beyond us. Because so many times, you know, you can go through and just spend so much money on your church and doing your thing that you just neglect people who are uh, your, your ministry partners. And so we wanted to kind of follow the biblical principle of tithing throughout the journey of beyond. And, and the biblical principle of tithing is that we take 10% of what the increase that God gives us and we give it back to the local church. We give it back to his work. And so we wanted to take everything that over and above what we normally would have taken in and give 10% of that and give that away to some of our ministry partners, to money that may never, people may never come through the doors of our church or drive through our parking lot, but we know that, they, that they're doing great work and that we could be a support and an encouragement because of our generosity. And to be honest, through the pandemic, some of those partners have struggled, as you can only imagine the financial picture of people, because if you remember how it went, hospitality industry was cratering. The airline industry was shutting down. We were so uncertain about the markets and what was going to happen. And then you had the stimulus checks that we're now getting to pay for in the form of inflation. Um, but there was so much uncertainty. So they faced that. And because of our generosity through beyond, we were able to actually help out. You know, one of those partners is Envision Atlanta. Uh, they operate down in Clarkston, Georgia, just off the perimeter. How many of you guys have heard of Clarkston? Clarkston is the most diverse square mile in the United States. It hosts refugees from every major conflict around the globe. And no matter if the media wants to paint the word refugee as a political hotbed, we have a commandment from our Lord and our King to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. Our King himself was a refugee, right Terrence? And so we have a responsibility and an opportunity. And so we partner with Envision Atlanta. And so they have started churches and their goal is to start churches for every ethnic group that's represented. But there was this one story about Justine. Justine grew up in Kenya before she had to uh, leave there to come here. And she tells the story of being out in the open plains in Kenya and laying down and looking up in the sky and seeing an airplane go over. Now, she didn't really know what an airplane was because she'd never seen one, but she'd heard about one. And she had this dream, one day, I'm going to fly one of those. 
So she finds herself in Clarkston and makes her way down to our Elevate City campus. And we heard about her dream and what she wanted out of life. And so on their one-year anniversary, we were able to bless her with paying for pilot, a pilot's license lessons for her to get her pilot's license so that she could fly an airplane, something she had never seen before. Like only God can do that. Only God can put a dream in somebody's heart that they don't even know. They can't even, they can't even put words to it, can't articulate it, and then make it come true. Like that's what happens. And that's one of the partners that we have. You know, we've had other, yeah, sorry, there's a picture of Justine and the airplane. That's amazing. Come on. Um, we bought that airplane too. Just kidding. We only buy airplanes for the pastor around here. That's the way that goes. <laughs> Jokes. Um, so that's a great picture. Thanks for that. Um, another one of our partners is Verve Church in Las Vegas. You know, as you know, anytime something happens to the economy, Vegas is the first to feel it. Um, whether it's housing, stock market, whatever, tourism, whatever. And so we have a church that we've supported there for several years now. Um, and, and the pastor in Vegas is a guy named Vince. Like how appropriate, Vince from Vegas, right? What makes that even better, his last name is Antonucci. So that's Vince from Vegas. He's actually going to be here in July. We'll get a chance to meet him and hear from him. But Vince, uh, during that difficult time, wanted to take his church through Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's uh, material that many of you have done. But he didn't have the resources to do it. So what you guys did was you paid for everybody in their church to go through Financial Peace University. Every single person. And so Vince wanted to say thank you. So let's have a listen to Vince. Hey, Stone Creek, it's Vince, and I want to thank you so much for your support of Verve Church here in Vegas. Uh, because of you guys, we were able to do a huge Financial Peace University initiative last year and have a bunch of people moving towards financial freedom. Uh, two Sundays ago, we had 13 baptisms, incredible stories, and you guys are part of every one of them through your support. Thank you for being such a faithful partner. We love you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. We love Vince. And so um, also another one of our partners beyond us, our partners that we um, like to donate money to is She Is Safe. How many of you guys have heard of She Is Safe as we've talked about it? She Is Safe deals in human trafficking. I think you guys know exactly what that is and what that means. Um, and She Is Safe is in some of the hardest places around the world. They're in places that nobody else will go into. We like to say, Katie Anderson, who uh, goes to our church and volunteers here and is invested, she's on uh, their executive team there. We like to say she's the James Bond of mission work because she goes in some very difficult places to see the gospel move forward. And she happens to be in one of those places now. So rather than being here live, we had her shoot us a video from where she is. So let's have a listen at Katie. Hey Stone Creek, I'm Katie Anderson, I'm the Vice President of International Ministry with She Is Safe and I'm here in Indonesia and spent the day interacting with girls in our safe house who have been rescued out of trafficking and highly abusive situations. I got to hear their stories of pain and hopelessness as they move towards hope and transformation, towards reintegrating back into society. And I wish I could be in two different places at once so I could be there in person to celebrate all that God has done through the Beyond Initiative over the last two years and to thank you in person for your incredible generosity. Over the last two years, you have helped to provide over 10,000 life-saving meals to families in East Asia on the brink of starvation due to COVID. Families that were feeding their children grass until you provided life-saving hope. You've helped invest in over 750 girls and women in transformation groups and 400 children into our children's programs in India. 
And let me tell you about just one of them. I'll call her Aparna. And she grew up in an impoverished village in northern India. And so when there was this 32-year-old man that expressed interest in 14-year-old Aparna, the family saw her marriage as the solution to their financial distress. Child marriage is a form of human trafficking. When after the marriage, the family began to demand the dowry from Aparna's family and they were unable to provide, Aparna's husband began to beat her. Desperate, alone, and terrified, she fled back to her home. And this is where she came across a group of, of other teenage girls who were meeting what we call a junior transformation group. They invited her in and she began to learn new life and financial skills and she was transformed as she learned how to bring help and hope to her, herself, her family, and her community. That transformation was so profound that her family wanted to see it for themselves. So her mom came to the group and she saw the incredible impact of these transformation groups and she decided then and there that she would not marry off Aparna's younger sisters, that she would give them the opportunity to join a group like this. This uh, transformation group is breaking the cycle of desperation and slavery in Aparna's family. And she is just one of the thousands of people that you have invested in over the last few years. You don't just impact the one, you impact her family and her community. And we want to reach even more girls like Aparna, both here in India and around the globe. And you've been a part of investing in that future too. On behalf of Aparna and all the other girls like her, thank you so much for your incredible generosity. Man, it's just such a privilege to be able to be with, uh, to be partner with She Is Safe and all that they do and to hear the stories. I've been able to take a trip to, we, and we've had others, Indonesia, India, to see all the work that they're doing. And because, because Katie was a little busy, um, we invited uh, the, the founder and president of She Is Safe to join us today on stage. Michelle, if you would, come join me up here, please. Let's give her a very warm Stone Creek welcome. Michelle, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Tell us a little bit, like, how long has uh, She Is Safe been happening? Uh, we started in 2002 in October, so it's 20 years 20 this years year. 20 years this year. Yeah. That's amazing, right? Yeah. That's a long time. I bet you've got some incredible stories. You know, we, we really, uh, as you know, man, we have been a partner, but also we wanted to bless you um, today, to bless She Is Safe today with just a special amount. And, um, you know, this, I just want you to know, this will be the single largest check that you guys have ever written to one of our ministry partners. And so, Michelle, we want to give She Is Safe today $100,000. Look at all those That's zeros. That's what right there. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. You know, we like to say that every single dollar is a day of freedom for one girl. Yeah, that's Think right. of it that way. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're so honored and privileged. Thank you for all your work and your heartache and behind the scenes when nobody sees the tears that you shed, the <laughs> Lord sees them. Yes, and the Bible says he stores them up in a jar. And so I can't wait for you to see them again one day and to remember the lives that were changed because your tears probably also represent a girl every time, just like this does. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Tell me, how, how could we pray for you? Well, we have 
teams like Katie's who go into some very hostile locations. Not only do traffickers resist what we do, but also sometimes local governments. They just don't want Christian yeah. outreach there, and they know yeah. we are sharing Jesus with each one of these people. Yeah. So pray for the safety of those. And then also we partner with the indigenous church, mm. with women from the church and uh, Christian uh, other organizations there, and they're the ones who are the boots on the ground day to day who will catch the real flack. So yeah, we yeah. see incredible courage and resilience on their part and God's covering over these 20 years, but it happens through prayer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, let's. I want to pray for her. If you would, bow your head and join me as I pray for Michelle and for uh, She Is Safe. God, just what an honor it is to be able to partner with an organization that's just living out the gospel in the hardest and most difficult ways. Lord, I just pray for those who are on trips. God, for Katie now and others who will go to help. God, you would just help them to be undercover and unseen by anyone who would want to stop their work. God, I pray that they would just feel the satisfaction of knowing that girls like we just heard about are being released. And not just those girls, but also their families, God. Lord, we ask you to open the eyes of dads who are trafficking their daughters. Lord, that you would just convict them of the sin that they're living in. And God, that they would repent and turn to you. God, I pray that you would just change moms to feel the sense of value and worth that they should feel and not feel like they're property, God, that you just give them value. God, and for kids that have gone through that, Lord, that you would just heal their hearts that only the gospel can. And Lord, for those who can be protected from it, God, that you would prevent every single one, Lord. I pray for those indigenous workers, God, those who are on the ground who are facing danger and terror day and night from people who would want to stop them from doing the great work, from, from people who are making their living and their economic engine is trafficking, God, and feel threatened, Lord, that you would just use them to be able to, um, to, be able to share the gospel, to be able to protect lives, and to be able to save many souls. And God, we just say these things under the banner and the authority of our King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Shell, thank, thank you, you so much. You're awesome. There you go. You guys are awesome. Like, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? One of the funnest moments of my ministry ever. There it is again. Ah, so I just was thinking about this passage uh, in John. As John finishes up writing his story of Jesus' life, John says this. He says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. And the reason why he couldn't write them, because there was too many. And while we've heard a lot of stories today, there are so many more. There are too many to tell today. But one day, Stone Creek, one day we'll get to tell them. So let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics, some of the dollars, how that looks for us and where we came out. You know, um, this was a two-year journey. And so if you, you were to look at what we normally would have given in two years, if you looked at 2018, 2019, before we started, our church, individuals in our church, gave $4,619,665. So that's what a two-year annual budget for us would look like. And so we wanted to go over and above that, obviously, and beyond. And so I'm very excited to report that over the course of the two years, during the pandemic, when the world was shut down, when people didn't know if they'd have jobs or what their income would be, we gave $7,612,353. And don't forget, guys, those dollars are people. 
their people. That's an increase of 2,992,668 dollars, a 65% increase over the course of two years during one of the most unstable times in our lives. And here's what's magical to me about that. That was 933 families that participated. Almost a thousand families gave almost $3 million more than what we would normally would have given. And today, yeah. And today I hope that your heart was stirred with the impact that we've had, that you've had in the lives of people but God did something a little unexpected during the pandemic that we haven't talked about and that not a lot of people know about. We have on our property a $3.2 million mortgage. And just like many of you, we pay a mortgage on it every single month. We, we, got the, we have that mortgage because of this building that we're in and the 53 acres that we're on. And I just had this burden during the summer, man, that God wanted us to get rid of that, that God wants to eradicate that debt that if we were able to do that, that would free up money for us to invest in our leadership development program so that we could train more leaders to go into other places around the globe, to start more campuses, to pastor our grandkids and their grandkids and on into eternity. Man, that God would want us to have this ability to pivot whenever we needed. So I grabbed some men in our church and we just began to pray and began to think about what would it be like and we knew that we didn't want to dilute what was happening and beyond, that whatever we asked people for, it needed to be over and above everything and beyond. It needed to be beyond, beyond. <laughs> and so I began to ask families if they would just pray about being a part of it. And we've had a handful of families who, who prayed with me and committed to be a part of it. And to date, these families have committed $2,150,000 to eliminate the debt at Stone Creek Church. Now, here's what I want to say for some of you, for some of us. I, I want you to consider, you may notice, there's 3.2 million, yet we, get, we have 2.1 million committed. I'm wondering if God's stirring in your heart today to be a part of getting this thing across the finish line. Amen. We want to do this by the end of August. And we want to free up enough, we want to free up all that money to be able to go directly to missions. And maybe God's stirring your heart today. And I'm just going to ask you to pray about it. And I would love to, I would love to touch base with you about it. Uh, after the service, I'm going to be right down here. And if you would like to come and just give me a check, I'm just kidding. Um, if you would like to come and hear a little more about it, maybe you want to commit to that. I would love to talk with you about that. Also, he, here's a number. I'm out of order on my screens, but here's the phone number that you can text. And if you text this phone number, I'll, I'll, I'll text you back. We'll get something on the calendar or whatever so that we can get together just so you can hear the vision. So you can understand the possibilities. And you can, we can just talk about maybe you want to go beyond, beyond. So if you would, I'm going to ask you to do that. And now, now it's time, it's time to celebrate. And so we're going to celebrate with confetti today. And it's time for us to get loud and get proud. So you've got poppers in your chair, I hope. We've got some confetti cannons here. And if you would, uh, put that $9.7 million number on the screen so we can have something to celebrate with. So if you look at what was given, 
hold on. Got some middle schoolers in the room. Y'all stand, that's cool. Hey, if you can look at what was given and what's been committed to debt, that's the number, Stone Creek. $9.7 million that God has done. So we want to celebrate it and we want to be loud and we want to be proud. So I'm going to count to three and on three, not after three, on three, we're going to celebrate, we're going to cheer and the band's going to light us up. One, two, three. All right, I'm going to do something that every public speaker knows not to do. I'm going to gather the room. If you would, grab a seat because we're not done. We are not done. And let's hold off on the poppers for just a second. <laughs> you know, we started off this thing. Uh, I read a letter to our church. And it's only fitting that we close it out by reading the letter. We see a church beyond church, a church that goes beyond us, beyond here, beyond today, a church who dreams that God will do what we could, more than we could ever ask, think, or even imagine. We see a church whose laser focus is to show the incomparable worth of Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. We see a church that moves beyond the status quo or the so what to continually elevate the name of Jesus. We see an everyday kind of church committed to living like Jesus every single day. A church that is committed to discipling all people in practical ways in order to live beyond ourselves, beyond our location, and beyond our time. We see a church that is confident in the mandates of scripture and comfortable in the mysteries of God. A church that believes for people when they cannot believe for themselves. A church that calls out the potential in people to become who Jesus created them to be. A church who dares to dream that nothing, oh, nothing is impossible with our God. We see a church that is fun and full of adventure and laughter. We believe church should be life-giving for all ages, engaging the heart in ways that light a fire within our soul. Our commitment to the now generation will fuel a movement of Jesus that will change the world beyond our lifetime. We see a church where worship is a natural part of a life that is a continuing to look more and more like Jesus. We wanna show people how to create space in their lives, to slow down long enough and experience who God created them to be. We see a church beyond a gathering on Sunday mornings, but also a called out people, equipped with the message of Jesus and the weapons of grace to put hope on the move across the street and around the globe. We believe in the power of locking arms and advancing forward to influence the world in ways that only God can know. We see a church that fights for relationships on every single level, where loneliness is forgotten, isolation is demolished, marriages are fought for and injustice is fought against. A church where every person has a seat at the table and we see it as our job to pull up their chair. We see a church that is big enough to dream beyond our current address to embrace a global footprint. We wanna chart new territories, pursue new horizons into the frontiers that God opens for us. A church who bleeds boldness and leaves transformation wherever we go. We see a church that invests in a growing generation of leaders who are hungry for someone to show them. 
the church we see is devoted to raising up a generation of dangerous Jesus followers. We want to equip people who need someone to be for them, believing in them to be the change in the world. We see a church that starts a new wave of Jesus-centered discipleship that shows people how following Jesus changes everything about them. A church that launches people into living irresistible lives in Jesus' name. We see a church that is the greatest discipling church in our generation. We see a church that's in all play, full of engaged participants and sacrificial givers. A church who gives our best because all has been given to us. We see a church that isn't concerned with our comfort or being known for our numbers or innovation, but we're known by the one name that we rest under and the name that's above every name, Jesus. We see a church that preaches, sings, sins, and lives in the reality that there is no other name. We want to give our lives to a movement that we may never fully see with our eyes, but we will only be told of in the beyond of eternity. Oh, and when that time comes, and Jesus comes for his own, he'll have no problem finding Stone Creek. We will be about the work that he has called us to do, living beyond us, beyond here, and beyond today. Amen. So we want to close out today. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to worship one more time before we leave and in this journey together. Let's pray. God, we're just grateful to be a part of all that you're doing, all that you've done. Oh, man, what a journey it has been. So many memories, so many late nights, so many sacrifices by people, man, so many prayers prayed for two years, God, and knowing that the the stories are still being written and still being told. God, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of such a great group of people, man, to do life with, to see your kingdom come with, who believe so much in the gospel, they'll spend it all to see that one person come to know you. I'm just grateful, Lord, and our hearts are full today. Thank you for what you did through beyond. But God, we know you're not done. We know that there's debt you want us to pay down. There's disciples you want us to make. There's campuses you want us to open. There's marriages that you want to be saved. There's addicts that need to get freed. God, you know that there's the depressed who need to find a friend. And we want to be that place, God, and help us to never lose that fire. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now let's all.